Section 88 of The Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Pyle. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Reverend M. P. Hill. Section 88. Socialism, its impracticability. A dream. Socialism will turn a complex problem into a very simple one. Instead of attempting to secure justice for all classes, it will abolish all distinction of classes. All must be workers. The one class, the people, will own its own industries, work for itself, and pay itself according to the value of the work done. The Reality Such is the vision that presents itself to the rank and file of socialism. But the leaders should by this time know that it is a delusion and a snare. Socialist writers, though occupied chiefly with fine-spun theories which they deal out to the multitude garnished with prophecies and denunciations, here they feel quite at home, become painfully aware, when they enter the region of practical socialism, that the path is a thorny one. They cannot help seeing the innumerable difficulties that must be met when they attempt to apply their theories to the stubborn actualities of life. No wonder that certain leading socialists, in the stress of controversy, have made concessions which are fatal to their systems as a whole. Some of these concessions we have considered in our other articles on socialism. The task of reducing all men to one level, the task of fitting society into an artificial framework of governmental and industrial activity, the task of controlling the countless personal peculiarities of living human beings, and of subduing personal greed, personal ambition, and personal antipathies. These are some of the tasks which socialists have merrily set about accomplishing. Scarcely less difficult will be the problem of providing needed scope to personal independence, personal initiative, and just personal claims to exceptional rewards for exceptional services. Difficulties such as these start up at every turn. Hence it is that no two socialists agree on important points connected with the construction of the new commonwealth. But for that they are not to blame. The task is an insuperable one. The blame rests with socialism. Socialism is not a mere system of political philosophy. It is a system of practical politics for the realization which our citizens are asked to give their votes. And what they are asked to vote for is a chimerical scheme of government based upon a bad philosophy, and one so impractical that it would take much more than the wisdom of a Solon or a Solomon to fit it to the needs of our common human nature. There is one feature of socialistic speculation which stamps it as utterly visionary. When socialists are pressed hard by objections drawn from the ineradicable tendencies of human nature or of human society, they have the coolness to tell us that by the time the new system has been matured, a moral transformation will have come over the race. Socialism, by some sort of Orphean music of its own, will have charmed men into a renunciation of self and into a willingness to work for the general good of the race. Applied science, moreover, will have rid labor of all its disagreeable features, and men will take to work as boys now take to play. This is the stuff with which the comrades in the ranks are deluded by their leaders. 
This is what the compatriots of Marx and Babel might well call schwarmiri, or wrong-headed enthusiasm. End of section 88 Recording by Chris Pyle